say hello to somebody, and then please, if you would, be seated. And we are so glad for each and everyone who is now gathering. Praise the Lord. At the end of the service tonight, we're going to be able to show our love and obedience in giving a very special love offering tonight using the envelope with the red writing on it. And you folks out there can participate as well uh, in this special offering. 100% of that which is given in this envelope, the red writing envelope, will be given as a love offering to the Arendelles. And we'd like you to participate and give the very best offering. If you're writing a check, write the check to Central Baptist Church. And we want Eddie and Rita Arendelle to know that they are loved and supported here, the Arendelles have come a long ways. They get the award for coming the furthest tonight. I, I made fun of the fact that they had come so far in saying, you've driven the farthest. Of course, you can't drive from the Virgin Island. Well, unless you stay in the car and you ship the car, then I suppose you could. But otherwise, it doesn't work that way. How many of you know where the Virgin Islands are? Right there. All right, so... All clear now? Okay, very good. They're islands and they're in the Caribbean. And um, uh, the Arendelles are from these islands. Is that correct? From St. Thomas? All right. And somebody cared enough to send missionaries. And the work was done so that these folks came to Christ. And they began to serve very early, giving back. And they came to the States and, and uh, started a church not far from here, a church with which we have wonderful, warm fellowship and always had a great time. I think about those mission conferences and evangelistic meetings that you came and shared in, times you spoke and so forth and things that you did. And I remember going out to IHOP and uh, having fellowship and winning souls at IHOP and just having a great time. And then... God moved on their hearts to go back and to give back. If you don't get anything else out of this tonight, you that are viewing and those of you that are here, somebody invested in your soul. You're here tonight because somebody cared about you. And out of, out of just being right with God and doing what's correct, we ought to want to give back. We do it for more than that because he's commanded us and because he first loved us and so forth. But we're going to hear from the Arendelles uh, tonight. We're going to hear about their ministry uh, that they're doing now in the Virgin Islands. And I'm so glad we have that opportunity. Afterwards, you can fellowship with them. They will be heading back. They have a busy schedule. This Monday, this next Monday, they begin vacation Bible school down in the Virgin Islands. Uh, in their church. So uh, pray for them as they travel and as they uh, are dealing with all the kids that are going to come to Vacation Bible School. Many, many, many souls are going to be saved and folks are going to be encouraged and uh, pray for them in the ministry. Uh, I want to thank you tonight for coming out. We would be remiss if we did not have preaching from the Word of God. We're not going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians where we have been a church that had problems and challenges. But we're going to go to the blueprint of the New Testament church to Acts uh, chapter 14. Acts chapter 14, from which we read a portion of a verse tonight and referred 
a few minutes ago. Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. We know this is the continuation and the completion of the first missionary journey of the Apostle Paul and Barnabas who was with him. And if we go back to uh, verse number 23, and when they had ordained them elders in every church, they're on their way back now, they've revisited the churches that have been started, and so they ordained leaders, elders mean spiritual leaders in every church, and had prayed with fasting, they commanded them, or they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Uh, and after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, when they had preached the word in Perga, now Perga, that's where John Mark had gone back earlier. He had given up. He is not yet uh, faithful. He has not yet been restored, but he will in the end. They came to Pamphylia. When they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Italia and thence sailed to Antioch. That's where they started from. Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come, and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles, and they abode long time with the disciples. There they abode long time with the disciples, several years, perhaps two or three years. Let's pray. Father, fill me now with the Spirit. I pray as we speak on this passage. And, uh, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring it to life in our understanding, in our application of the truth. Thank you, Lord, that it is for us, that though not every scripture is written uh, about us, not every scripture is written to us, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, and it's there for us. It's for our benefit and tonight, Lord, we want to understand better this business of missions, what a missionary is, how missionaries are sent, how they're supported, uh, what we're responsible for in <clears throat> that and their support and their prayer support and encouragement. Lord, I pray that you'll help us tonight to understand it and to fulfill it as you lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe in missions. How about you? Say amen. I believe that the New Testament tells us everything we need to know about New Testament missions. And so from that source tonight, we're bringing a message and making reference. We know that God opened the door of faith to Gentiles to be saved. At first it wasn't that way. While there were always proselytes to the faith, even in Old Testament times, we have Rahab the harlot. We have, we have Ruth, the Moabitess. We have others from outside the commonwealth of Israel that came to God. We know that principally and primarily in the Old Testament, we have the true story of God choosing out a people for Himself, starting with a man and a family line and developing that family line into a nation that grew and became strong even under slavery in Egypt and then went out from under Pharaoh's uh, thumb and dominance and uh, became free, but traveled for 40 years wandering in the wilderness while the first generation that was faithless died off and the second generation was prepared to go into the land 
and to become a nation in the land that God had promised. There for the, the primary amount of time between the settlement of the land and the time of our Savior, minus the years that they were out of the land in captivity, God was working on them and with them and through them for a purpose. We have the Bible given to us through the Hebrews, through the nation of Israel. We have the Savior coming through that godly line. And uh, we have the truth being given to us, so much so that when the Apostle Paul speaks of Abraham, he says that we are his spiritual children, and we as Gentiles have been grafted into the tree. The limbs have been grafted into the trunk of the tree, and we're so thankful for that. That is not to exclude Israel, for one day they will look on him whom they have pierced, and they will believe on him as Messiah, and once again they will be restored to that special position near to God's heart, the apple of God's eye. I'm saying to you that in Old Testament times, God primarily worked with this line, this family, this nation of Israel. But then Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And in His dying upon the cross and shedding His blood willfully and deliberately and being buried and rising from the dead, the door has been opened for others outside of Israel to believe and to be saved. And so we see this in the book of Acts, how that those of all backgrounds and those of all nations are coming to God through Christ. And now this thing called the church is, uh, is introduced. And we know that a local church is a called out assembly of scripturally baptized believers in Jesus Christ. And we are under the headship of Jesus Christ. He's the head, we're the fingers, the toes, the kneecaps, and so forth. And we are the movable parts and we're to, we're to be connected by and led by the Spirit to do the work of God now that Jesus Christ has gone back to the right hand of the Father. There was a Jew who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was trained at the feet of Gamaliel and he thought he was doing the work of God when he was persecuting, even jailing and perhaps killing the disciples, they laid their coats at his feet when they killed the first martyr in the church. His name was Saul, but on the road to Damascus, Jesus Christ said to him in a vision, uh, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And as Paul, who was Saul at that time, fell from the horse, he immediately cried out, Lord, uh, who art thou? I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks or the goads. And he was fighting against the will of God. And in that moment, in that hour, he turned to Jesus Christ, his Messiah. He was led blind to the house of Ananias. And there he was washed and baptized and was discipled. And over the course of time, Saul of Tarsus became the powerhouse for God that we know as Paul the Apostle even though he referred to himself as the chief of sinners and as the least of the apostles, he was certainly a powerhouse for God. We know that he wrote by inspiration 13 books of the New Testament, perhaps 14 if you believe that he wrote Hebrews as your preacher does and as the rest of you will believe correctly once we're raptured. But in the meantime, let me just say, uh, he is really above and beyond, show head and shoulders above just about anybody else that you might take 
in a personal study and analysis, the Apostle Paul. And so as he was sent by the church at Antioch, set apart, sent, and they went on their first missionary journey, and they came back, they gave a report. They came, they gathered the church together, verse 27, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith. I want to say that God is a door opener. He is a door opener. And if you will determine to submit to God and allow Him to have His way in and through your life, if you'll say yes to the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God, God will open doors for you. Right now, there may be doors open, and you may be hesitant to step through those doors. But we need to believe in a great God, not because we are capable of great things, but because He is a great God. Not because we are extraordinary. God is looking for ordinary people who will trust an extraordinary God to supply all their needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And when He does that, you will be amazed at what He does. Were you amazed when you were in the mall a week ago passing out tracts? Were you amazed at what God did? Were you amazed when you attempted to share the gospel this past Saturday with folks? Were you amazed at what God has done wherever we go with the gospel? And God has promised a blessing to His people who will be obedient. Obedience is the key to blessing. And so God opened the doors. Dr. Parkhurst said this. He says, that each of the gates, each of the 12 gates on the avenue of the heavenly Jerusalem, the gate of the heavens is not way up yonder. It's wherever we look to Christ as the opener of heaven to the penitent and believing soul. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. The gospel, wherever we study it, uh, after the truth, presents to us one of those gates that we see to heaven. Literally, there are open doors for you and for me. The mouth of the witnesses, the preachers of the truth, the lay people who are soul winners. These are open doors. The ears of the hearers, these are open open doors, the combination thereof with the Holy Spirit working on the heart. That becomes then the door for these to heaven. Praise the Lord. And so there they abode a long time. They gave a report. They were happy to be able to let them know what God had done. Now if you read the previous two chapters, you know it was not easy. They encountered uh, natural challenges and also, they encountered opposition. And uh, at first, they were welcomed as gods, and then he was stoned. I mean, there are so many things we could say about missionary work, but we have to conclude that it is interesting and that Paul and Barnabas, on their first missionary journey, realized immediately that there was something supernatural about what was happening. Wherever they went... There was either tremendous uh, reception or tremendous 
opposition. There seemed to be no middle ground whatsoever. Uh, they were there sent by the church to represent the work of God that he had committed, Jesus Christ had committed to the church. But the church, of course, is located in a, 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 a somewhat of a uh, stationary uh, position. And for us to fulfill the Great Commission, somebody's got to go from that body of believers. Somebody has to be called. Somebody has to be set apart. The local church is ordained of God, but the local church is the greatest training center. It is, uh, in effect, the place where people learn about the work of God and how to do the will of God. And so those that were uh, set apart and sent were going representing the work of the Lord Jesus Christ through the local church, and they were going to do the same thing. They were going to reproduce that work in many other locations. And we notice as they went that they were going to places uh, that were foreign, places that were unusual, places with, uh, with whom uh, they had no pre prior acquaintance, but they were trusting the Lord. They were walking by faith and not by sight. And so as they, they head out, they see folks healed. They see uh, satanic pretenders uh, that are dealt with. They uh, are able to work in an amazing fashion and see God get them out of fixes, out of jail, raise the dead, uh, give them powers for special miracles. And while we are not in the apostolic age, the apostolic pattern of missionary work remains the same. It is unchanged. We have the witness of the apostles in the Word of God. We have the promise of power, the endowment of power from Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit just the same. They saw it. We continue to see it. God continues to keep His promises to do the work through those who are willing to yield themselves. They worked in key cities. They established local churches. They taught new believers to do the work of God. And what we see and what we understand about missions work from the book of Acts is that wherever it is done, there are certain things that never change. Here's what it is. Same Lord, same salvation, same baptism, same commission, same power available, same pattern, same program. It's the New Testament. None of that has changed. There may be differences in geography, in language, in race, in culture, but those, those, uh, those particular and exact and precise uh, requirements and parameters of New Testament missions never change. They're always the same. And so when we have missionaries back, we want to hear that the same thing has been done. Different culture, different location, different people, perhaps different language sometimes, uh, different, uh, different food, uh, uh, different, uh, different things that may occur, a different setting, but the same principles, the same methods, the same means of missions, and that is the New Testament. That's what we believe in. They rehearsed all that God had done. If a missionary were to return and say, look what we did, we would know immediately it was not New Testament. 
If they return and say, look how we changed everything. While we didn't have to do anything that the Bible says, we did all these things. We took our lead from the world, the flesh, and the devil. We know it's not New Testament missions. And so what we're looking for is what have, has always been our goal. And that is when we send out missionaries or church planters, we want what is birthed by them to look like the parents. We want the churches to be like the churches here. Different culture, different location, certainly differences that way. But the same pattern, the same Bible, the same Jesus Christ, the same salvation, the same old-time gospel, the same things going on. I'm glad we serve a God who doesn't change. I'm glad we have an opportunity to have an old-fashioned, old-paths ministry on St. Thomas and in the Virgin Islands. And I'm so glad for Brother Eddie and Sister Rita Arundel, longtime friends of ours, longtime missionaries of ours. We'd like to greet them in a special way right now. First of all, I'd like them both to stand, and I'd like us to show our appreciation to them for their long service. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to ask Brother Eddie to come and join me on the platform. If you would take the microphone, Brother Eddie. All right, are we on? Let's test it. Is he on? One. All right, everybody can see Brother Eddie. All right, Brother Eddie, it is good to welcome you back to Central Baptist Church. We never stopped praying for you, never stopped thinking of you, never stopped uh, uh, wondering how things were going, and tonight we're going to get some of those questions answered. But I've got to ask you, first of all, are you still a King James Bible believer? Yes. All right. Uh, still believing in Jesus Christ, shed blood of Jesus Christ, finished work of Jesus Christ, no admixture of works for salvation, correct? Yes. You're still an old-fashioned uh, independent Baptist, is that correct? Yes. Amen. And the methods that you have pursued in, in uh, doing the work of, of a missionary are still New Testament, is that correct? Correct. All right. Well, I guess we can pray and go home. No, we're going to hear a report tonight because I am anxious for you to rehearse. Uh, do you think in about 10 minutes you can tell us all about it, brother? Yes. Amen. All right. So, so far, there we go. And uh, if you're glad tonight, one more time, a round of applause for Brother Eddie. Let's see what's going on in the work of the Lord. It is good to be back with you. And uh, we have desired to come back and just say thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. Uh, God has been good to us, and it's always good to have my wife, Rita, uh, tagging along wherever I go, and she has been faithful. Thank you. Um, and so God certainly is good. We only have 10 minutes, so we are going to get uh, to it. Uh, the flag behind me is the flag of the United States uh, Virgin Islands. Um, this picture right here um, is a picture of the Virgin Islands. It's interesting because the islands in the green are referred to as the Spanish Virgin Islands, although they are not popularly known as such. They are the islands of Vieques and Calabria. On the left, uh, Puerto Rico is there. And then the top right corner in the blue are the British Virgin Islands. And then the U.S. Virgin Islands are the three in the orange shaded colors. To the south is St. Croix, and then to the right is St. John and St. Thomas, uh, is where we, we are based and then work out from there. The Virgin Islands, to set the context, is part of the Caribbean, 
and sort of give you a feel for where that is located. This is an aerial view of the capital uh, of St. Thomas or the U.S. Virgin Islands is Charlotte Amalie. It's pretty uh, condensed and populated for such a small island, uh, but God is good. Uh, this picture here is um, to show a little bit of the culture. Uh, it is carnival, and we know carnival is coming from the word carnal, which means fleshly, and so there's nothing spiritual here. Most churches, when this, uh, acti these activities are going on, most churches go and do something else barbecue and things like that, um, but this shows the masses of the people that need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, this right here is a picture of the local market. Uh, some of the fruits and vegetables are grown there um, locally, and people go to the market and sell. Others come and buy. Um, God is, is blessing, and so that, that's where they go. This picture here is uh, the indoor grocery store, one of the many ones that are there. I picked this one here because this is pretty close to where we are living. Um, when we first got there and I first went in there to buy some groceries, the only thing came to mind was Safeway and Walmart and <laughs> uh, Target. The place was hot. And it was right after the hurricane, so the uh, AC units were out and were out for quite a while. The ACs unit have been now restored, so it is much cooler. They have done some cleanup and some modifications, so it is much better on the inside. Uh, this picture here is a picture of the Rastafarianism, or Rastas, the ones that has the dreadlocks. Uh, they only eat uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. They call it Ital foods. Uh, but nonetheless, um, they uh, need to be saved. Yes. Uh, they don't believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Here is a picture of them uh, at the uh, legislature fighting for religious rights. And so many of them have the hats on because the hair is tied up in the hats. And when they go into official uh, places, they put a hat on. Uh, this is the governor right here in the middle. Uh, right here, this is the governor of the Virgin Islands, and so uh, they all need the Lord as Savior. Uh, this here is a building of the Jewish synagogue that's in uh, the Virgin Islands. I was told that it is the oldest uh, uh, Jewish synagogue in the Western Hemisphere. Wow. This is a picture of the inside, and if you see to the bottom, uh, there's sand on, on the ground. Um, this here is the Muslims. Muslims are there as well. This is the Muslim temple. This is another shot of it here. Um, and so we know the Muslims do not believe in Jesus as God. They would believe that Jesus existed. They believe he was a good man, but they don't recognize him as God. And as such, they need to do that in order to be saved. Um, the largest Christian denominations in the Virgin Islands are the Catholic Church. This is a picture of the Catholic Church. I picked this picture because it is within a tenth of a mile of the church that we uh, go to. And then this right here is the Moravians. The Moravians are one of the largest um, Christian denominations on St. Thomas or in the Virgin Islands period. And um, they are very religious, and that makes them really, really hard to surrender to trust Christ. They go to church, they worship, they pray, um, but many of them do not know Jesus as right. Lord and Savior. Uh, this here is the Blue Water Bible College. The building off to the right is the men's dorm. The building in the foreground, uh, the top floor is the classrooms and an office. Below is the cafeteria. 
the building towards the left uh, on the top floor is the chapel and the back is a computer room and then the bottom is the chapel. What is not on the screen off to the left is the girls dorm. Uh, however, the college has been closed since 2017. It got damaged in the hurricanes, the twin hurricanes Irma and Maria. They were never able to get it reopened. There are many, many, many other complications that is causing the closure. Uh, too much to discuss in the time uh, that we have, but we need to pray. Yes. that God would, would, would work Amen. in a special way. Amen. These are some pictures here. Off to the top right is when the school was in operation in the computer room. The bottom right picture of some uh, students. And then the top left, uh, at the right is a young man, is the uh, president of the school. His wife is next to him. One of the teachers, the person next to him is me. And then the gentleman huh. off to the left is the former president. He had to leave the school because of health issues, and his health is deteriorating really badly. Just a month ago, he left the Virgin Islands and transitioned to North Carolina for medical treatment to so pray for Pastor Charles. Um, let's see here. Is, um, since the college is closed, this is the president here. Since the college is closed, I focus my attention on the Calvary Christian Academy. Uh, here we were getting ready to preach to the, the children in chapel and uh, present the gospel uh, to them. This is another shot on another day. Uh, we have seen a number of these children come to know Jesus as Lord Amen. and Savior. Let me backtrack to the Muslims. Many of the children in the school are Muslims. And in preaching to them in chapel and, and interacting with them, uh, they cannot say that they believe in Jesus or they have trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. But I believe that several of them had mm -hmm. just based on their expressions and responses because their parents, there would be problems. Uh, but nonetheless, they are getting the gospel, Amen. a clear presentation Amen. of the gospel. All right, this church here is Grace Baptist Church. This was the church that I first um, connected with once we got down there. The pastor of this church was the uh, teacher at the college, and since the college was closed, he had to leave the U.S. territory. He was from Jamaica, and since he was not working, his um, work visa they gave him several uh, months to leave, and he left the same week we came. I said, okay, Lord, I got the message. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we ran the church um, um, until God provided a, uh, um, a pastor. I tell you here, many of the, 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 the people at this church on a Wednesday Bible study, uh, when we first started, it was a handful of people coming, maybe three to five. And a few weeks in, word got around that the word is being taught. Uh, and we were running 12 to 15 mm. in, in short order. We would have, uh, I ran the Bible study for uh, one hour, five minutes, we take prayer requests, 10 to 15 minutes, we pray, and then we jump into the Bible study and the teaching of the word. And when we dismissed in prayer, everybody got up came down to the front, and the Bible study continued for another hour. Amen. They're hungry for the word. Yeah. They're hungry for the word. Amen. And so this young man here uh, was connected with Grace Baptist Church. He's a graduate of Blue Water Bible College. Pray for him. His name is Keith Roy Marshall. We are working with him to develop him, give him experience, exposure, in planting a church in one of the islands or taking over a vacancy at, at some point. So pray for him. This is the pastor here that we found and was able to install. And now the work, instead of dying, it's 
growing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so here we have, uh, he, he was here baptizing five um, individuals, three out of the five are young people. And so continue to pray for Grace Baptist Church. This is me here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Emmanuel Baptist Church is the church where we are based out of. This is a recording clip, so listen. And so we have good company with the Hebrews. But then number two on Thursday, we look at the Hebrews and become bitter. <laughs> bitter. Mad, we say here in St. Thomas. Hot. But when we go through situations and when we have problems and when we have predicaments and, and when we are in a situation because of someone else's choices or someone else's leadership, we then become bitter and we begin to point fingers at one another. This is the VBS last year. Um, this is Pastor Hurlston giving out certificates and awards. And like Pastor mentioned earlier, we are leaving here on Saturday, Sunday's church, and Monday we begin the VBS for 2022. Uh, this is me here, a picture, getting ready to uh, teach the Sunday school class. When we got there, I started in Genesis, and now we are about to wrap up the book of Judges. The goal here is to give the, the membership uh, a, a solid base in the Word of God. Amen. So pray for this right here. Uh, let's see here. This is uh, open air service, um, preaching the Word on top of the hill in the open air. This is an advanced Tuesday, uh, advanced discipleship. This is done on the college level. Again here, when we started this, it was six. Now we have 12 to 15 coming to this. People are hungry for the Word. Rita, this is Rita. She's also heavily engaged in the work. This is her teaching uh, the, the teens class right here. This young lady here uh, got saved not too very long ago, so continue to pray uh, for that. Amen. And then this is uh, Rita again here uh, teaching the ladies, the ladies fellowship, uh, mentoring them. Um, and so the ladies here are growing. Uh, this young lady sitting right here, I pray for her husband and her children. She got shot just before Christmas. Um, she was shopping to take some gifts to Connecticut where her adult children lived in a robbery was in progress uh, shortly after she got to the store and her daughter was in the car. She panicked, so she ran outside and got shot. She was making good progress and then transitioned to Connecticut for um, further health and then succumbed to her wounds. Pray for her. Um, let's see, this is Rita here. Again, this is an audio of her teaching junior church. Listen. They were um, sometimes stumbling and falling, right? And when we look at the video, um, when they were talking about Josiah, how old was Josiah? Was he a good king or a bad? But he was a good king because they said that he pleased the Lord. He did good in the sight of the Lord. But there was still something going on in, 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 their, in their town, right? The people were doing what? What were they doing? They were worshiping false gods. But where was the word of God? In the Bible. Yeah, no, well, we have the Bible now. Yes. They were hidden. Remember they found the scrolls and they were hidden. All right, this is me here uh, preaching under a tent. 
uh, preaching. And then if you see in the background the houses, how the houses are in between the trees and, and up the hills and so on. Uh, let's see here. This here is, uh, we did a baptism this year. There were eight people baptized uh, this year. And then there were about four or five uh, the previous year. God is at work. We did a Sunday school uh, training workshop, uh, training the teachers how to teach. Uh, so God certainly is good. But the real reason we came up was this is our new grandbaby. Uh, he's, this was last year when we came, but because of COVID, we couldn't interact too much. Um, but God certainly is good. God is working. God is doing great things in the Virgin Islands. So please continue to pray for us. Uh, that as we continue to uh, serve the Lord, pray uh, that we be led by the Holy Spirit of Amen. God. Pray for Blue Water, that we get it open. That is Amen. the hub of training people to go and plant new churches. Pray for spiritual leaders and pray for our health and strength. Pastor. Amen. Let's leave that slide up for just a moment. Let's give him a hand, all right? All right. Well, that was a tremendous presentation, Brother Eddie, and I appreciate you and, and Rita so much, but we want to open up uh, our church to some questions. Now, I'll repeat your question. You won't be heard probably, but if you have a question about the ministry that they're doing, now you see they've gone back to their roots. They've gone back to where they first heard the gospel, were saved, and they're giving back. And that's what I want you to take with you. That somebody took the time investing in you to lead you to Jesus and to help you in your spiritual growth. They're going back to give back. They're doing that because God has led them. They're obedient to the Lord. Uh, they're going because the Lord first loved us, and so we love Him and we love others because of that. But do you have any questions about what their particular ministry is? You see, it's spread over a number of different venues, all uh, in the context of being there on St. Thomas. All right, who's got a question tonight? Who's got a question? Who'll be first? Somebody ask a question. Somebody in the booth or in the back or somebody. Go ahead, ask the question. He says, God bless you and thank you for all you do. God is working through their ministries. Okay, the, the Moravians, um, they, they were the first um, people that brought the gospel to the Virgin Islands. They were very doctrinally sound, although there were still several issues that where we differ. But over the years, they drifted away from the word, and now they're pretty much just a social gospel. That's correct. That's correct. Just to add my two cents to that, the question was, who are the Moravians? It might be better, who were they as opposed to who they are now? who they were, they were actually the ones that, uh, that got John Wesley thinking about what salvation really was all about. And uh, originally, these were people that I've been told that when slavery abounded throughout the Western world, they would even sell themselves into slavery to become missionaries to slavery. Are you, you agreeing with me? Yes. To be, to be able to reach the slaves as well as the free population with the gospel. That's what I call dedication. Now, the sad thing is, they're not that way anymore. But what the Moravians were, we independent Baptists ought to be. Amen. Anybody else with a question on this particular 
ministry or anything about what we've talked about tonight? Anybody else, quickly? Anybody else with a question? All right. You've lost some support due to COVID, is that correct? Yes. We need to pray that support will increase. He didn't talk about money. We're going to take an offering, receive an offering in just a little while. I want you and those of you that are viewing out there, give the largest offering that you possibly can and designate it to the Arendelles, A-R-R-I-N-D-E-L-L-S, whatever letters I might have missed. All right, so that's Brother Eddie and Sister Rita Arendelle, missionaries uh, out of uh, uh, the, their church, but also uh, certainly representing our church. All right, anybody else with a question? Quickly, 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 quickly. What would you, as a missionary to St. Thomas, and what you're learning, what God is teaching you, how would you exhort us in 2022 in Woodbridge, Virginia, in the surrounding area? How would you exhort us? What, what does that, how does that resound with you, and how, how does that, uh, uh, what does that do to you? Um, I would encourage each and every individual to pray for us daily. Uh, when you pray for missionaries, it does something in your heart, but it connects Amen. with God and does something in our hearts. And what God does in our hearts through your prayer is extended to the people that we connect with. Amen. Amen. That's one of the wonderful truths about God and prayer and how he works. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. With every head bowed and every eye closed, how many of you tonight would say, Preacher, something in the presentation, perhaps the PowerPoint, perhaps what was said from the Word, perhaps what was answered in questions, something tonight spoke to your heart and encouraged you along the lines of missions and soul winning. Raise your hand up high. Something encouraged you. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. How many of us tonight will say, Lord, help me to be better at what you've called me to be and to do. Let's put our hands up high. Lord, help me to be better. Help me to do better at what you've called me to. And Lord, right now I pray that you might speak to our hearts. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never been born again, right now will you call upon the name of the Lord. Pray something like this from your heart to God. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die.